So, Zach, you're coming off the, uh, the documentary, The Social Dilemma, which we are talking about today. It's on Netflix. For those of you who haven't seen it, uh, highly recommended by the group. I would highly recommend it. I thought it like, at least stimulates a lot of thought about um, my social media use and how it's affected me. There was a lot of things where I was watching. I was like, <laughs> that is like, like they are nailing it to a T, all, all of that. So let's let's talk about this. But you're coming off the high. Yeah, yeah. Give us your vibes. Lots of stuff. I think initially, at least during the first like 45 minutes of watching it, most of what I felt was a little bit of like embarrassment, fear, shame even. Because I think, I don't know if this was something like intuitive or maybe I've just already heard whispers of these concepts before they came out in a full-blown documentary that kind of really dives into a lot of the different aspects of social media that are scary but i've all lately i've had a thought in the past like year or so where i'm just like you know what i think that there exists information about me that if for whatever reason somebody who had access to it wanted to exploit it all my dirty laundry would just be out there dirty and clean and good all of me in data form would just be able to be pulled up and just be mm -hmm. like, what is Zach about? And what does Zach do? And what is Zach interested in? What are Zach's behaviors? Um, so to, to watch this documentary is kind of like knowing that you have like a wound or like you're infected, you're that character in the movie who's like, it's fine, it's not a big deal. And it just keeps getting like, as you're watching it, you're just like, oh, this might be a bigger deal. And then like, it gets to a point where like it's almost like they take your, the the rag that you've been using to cover it up, and all of a sudden you're just like, oh, there's maggots, and oh, it smells like it got it gets ugly. And and I, in some ways, I mean, one of the biggest takeaways that I had from it was like, you know what? I think we should probably get comfortable with ourselves because it talked about pretty much a global addiction mm -hmm. and how it's kind of been fashioned that way. So. I think we all, most of us can probably say like we've experienced addiction in some degree. So we're all sort of in a form of social media recovery, hopefully. But right. that was the biggest thing to me. Um, and I know it's not all of it for me personally, but I mean, a big prevailing experience for it was just like people know stuff about me that I don't know that like a psychologist with 200 hours with me couldn't know. And it's just interesting to know that information's out there. Are you guys users, like avid users of social media? By the way, I say users. Remember that quote? In, I mean, one of the big quotes was, there's only two industries that call their people users. Customers. Their customers users. Narcotics. Yeah, narcotics and social media. <coughs> and software, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. So are you users of social media frequently? Um, like, is that a thing you do? Facebook a lot at the beginning, Facebook a lot less in the last like five years, mm -hmm. but more Instagram. I think Instagram is probably the social media thing that I use the most. I've dabbled in Pinterest, dabbled, liked Twitter a lot for like quick news. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think that's kind of like a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a proposal actually. Yeah. I have a proposal that all of us, I think there's an app. I downloaded it today called Quality Time. Mm-hmm. Assuming that you only use social media on your phone, it'll tell you how many minutes every day you ha are using uh, Facebook and Instagram and all the social mm. medias. So I think it would be really cool if yeah, we could cool. download it and a week from now come back. So I, I, I downloaded it and I would say I don't have TikTok or Twitter or anything. I basically it's just Instagram and Facebook and and I probably I think I average about 30 25 30 minutes a day on mm -hmm. social media, which was more than I expected. Um, I I I think it's probably gone down quite a bit in the last couple of years. There was I I also followed that trend of like more Facebook and then less Facebook and more Instagram and now it's it's like equally they're they're both like going down simultaneously right but i do th i i still think there are benefits to social media so i i don't see myself ever doing like you know how people like do a fast for 30 days mm -hmm. and then they 
they upload it again and then they're on it for like three hours for the <laughs> yeah, next like month constantly. and then they do another fast it's like the 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 perennial dieter right right, right. um i i mean i still think there's benefits and there's a reason why uh, you know most of us are scared to just walk away from it cold but it's inter- so in order to for me i don't i don't have the social media like instagram facebook tiktok twitter i don't have social media on my phone the one i do have is youtube but I never use YouTube for like just scrolling to find another video. I just yeah. use YouTube as basically a tool to figure out how to fix my car. Yeah. So, um, th- that would like, if you had done that test for me, maybe five months ago, if I had <laughs> downloaded that app, it may, it would have been interesting because yeah. I think Apple the, has their own software that kind of tracks your screen yeah. time as well. And I remember looking one time and seeing, you know, Instagram at, I don't know how many hours for the week, but I was like, wow, what a, what a waste of my time. And I hadn't even like posted on Instagram. You know what I mean? Like during that week, no post, no engagement, no comments, maybe a couple likes, but like. Just a straight stalker. Just <laughs> just scrolling. You know what I mean? Total waste. Anyway. So, so what is. Our time, so I'm 31, 32-year-old, 20 years ago, we spend X number of hours on average on social media. What would they have been spending their time doing that we today use for social media? I'm trying to understand what is social media replacing? Mm-hmm. Because for me, I you know work eight, nine, 10 hours a day. I exercise an hour, hour and a half a day. That exercise is pretty rigorous, so when I'm not uh, working or exercising, all I want to do is kind of lay down and kind of be entertained. Right. So I'm, I'm, is, is social media, uh, taking up some of our entertainment time? Does social media take up in-person interaction? Like would 20 years ago, would I have had, you know, families come over to dinner several times a week and we would have just, you know, communicated with our words. No boredom. I honestly think like, I think, Social media replaces boredom. It replaces meditation. It replaces quiet. Like a space where your brain doesn't have something to consume. And I do think that's a problem. Personally, I think that's a problem because I think there's got to be time for quiet. Time when you're not being fed a story or fed some kind of ad or fed somebody's. Yes. I I have a premise. Yeah. So... Going down to the second to last question there, why does social media have power over us? I think humans as social animals have less social inter, in, interpersonal social interaction right now, especially during COVID than we've ever had in the past. Um, I think there's a lot of data behind that. Johan Hari, who's a, who's a really, he's, he's written a couple books on depression and drug use and stuff like that. He cites a stat that you know, several thousand people were asked, like, if you had an emergency, how many people could you go to for help? And the most common answer, is that the mode? The most common answered number was zero. And and there's a statistic out there that I read a couple months ago that said, like, more than, more or close to 50% of adults in the United States feel extreme loneliness or or feel sometimes lonely. So my premise is based on the Western society that we have, which where success means I have this big yard and big house and, and do everything on my own and people are outside of my zone and I don't have a lot of you know, interpersonal interaction, um, that is detrimental to us because we have a innate need for social interaction and if we can't get it in person, at least we can have some type of artificial interaction on social media. My problem is, isn't this like after watching that and viewing my past behavior with social media? So like I, I liked social media. I like to post things on social media. There is like I'm being honest with myself here. There was something to being to seeing a like being able to refresh and see a comment, yeah. like those kind of things totally. were important to me, it bothered me that they were important. Social validation. Like, yes, I wanted validation for like what I created, what I made. Um, I, as soon as TikTok came out, someone was like, you gotta post your videos on TikTok. 
So I go post my videos on TikTok and that became like an immediate addiction because then it was like, oh, you've got a thousand. You know, can you get 5,000? Can you get 10? And I was like, I really was totally addicted to Kylo Ren. More. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and it would be like this thing where I'd pull out my phone, refresh. Oh, dude, there's more followers. There's more, you know, and it, it seems like an inherently toxic um, – the apps themselves, do you know what I'm saying, are inherently toxic. I get that people can use them well, but even those that are trying their very best to use them well still find themselves – uh, screwing up constantly with them, spending too much time with them. I mean, social media creators are now talking about, like you've got people who literally make a living on social media saying, I don't have social media on my phone. <laughs> what does that tell you about, about the apps themselves? Are they inherently toxic? And do they really create goodness? Like, I don't know, do they create goodness? I don't think they're inherently toxic. Well, the, the president of you don't think they're inherently toxic. I don't think toxic. so. You don't think no. okay? inherently. I I think it's not it's not one or the other. But the president of Pinterest, that guy, he said, I think I agree with his opinion, which was they've done a lot of good for people. They've brought families together. They've created groups. That they've brought awareness to certain social issues. But. Uh, have when done more good than but, bad, though. But individually, yeah. I yeah, I think maybe they've got done more harm, especially among teenagers and preteens, Constantly which is what I think is the scariest thing. We might be able to adjust because we grew up climbing trees, you know, and we're like, ah, oh, let's let's try to change out of this. But somebody that is like developing as a nine-year-old jumping right into social media. They don't even know any different. That's and, like how you and socialize. And I don't think they were developed, like I don't think the apps themselves were developed in malice. No. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying, I, I, I don't know. So we're looking for validation. Exactly. Kind of it's, we watched it's it so on hypocr- Netflix. Can it's we so just hypocritical. address that? <laughs> it is like, I hate social media. I'm deleting it. But like and subscribe. Like and subscribe, <laughs> <Yeah>. please. <laughs> please share. Which is why Cut I that think clip. It's going to be a which, good one. <laughs> which is why I don't think it's inherently toxic because I think it is, in a simple way, just a modern example of how humans connect. So I don't think it's necessarily completely uh, fake, um, because I think that you know, if in our case with the uh, Latter Day Saint culture. We have missions that we served around the world, and you can not only talk to somebody on the phone a few countries away, but you can like see their family grow up. Yep. And it's been 10 years for most of us, so we literally have seen some of the families and people that we knew grow up or grow old, and it, it's, it's really cool and to like see. And just today, and someone feels, from my mission reached out to me. Right, and it feels, yeah, it feels real. Like it, doesn't, yeah. it, it doesn't feel like it's like disingenuous. Like I, I think that w- the connection you might feel to those people is very real. Um, but I think it's all about like balance, which again is arguably maybe proposed as impossible because our, because the technology has moved so far beyond human capacity to adjust that evolutionarily we're not equipped to handle this exponentially growing beast. But there's that side of it, our ability not to be able to handle the social media and like what it does to us. But there's also the side where we're constantly giving away our our information, data, yeah. opinions, feelings, everything, Bef- everything to some companies before we- that can then use those <clears throat> as a weapon to either make you believe things that are totally untrue, or you know what I mean. Like I heard Sasha Baron Cohen. I listened to this speech he gave about social media platforms, and the, his first line was, "If Hitler was alive today." He would be able to run 30-second ads on Facebook on how to solve the Jewish problem. Targeted to the people who are most likely to buy, to buy into that to message. And listen to it. Right. That's, that's crazy. See, that's crazy. I want Before we jump right into like where like the data they're collecting, I, I, I kind of wanted to draw an analogy that social media, I could, you could say it's like money where it's a tool that you can use for good and for bad. And depending on your 
habits with it, it's going to affect you detrimentally or it's going to lift you to a higher status mm -hmm. in every aspect of your life. <clears throat> but it's kind of like, I think it was a few decades ago when the NBA players had a lot of issues with managing their money because they, they were thrown right into millions of dollars and, and some of them went bankrupt after they retired because they, they weren't given a set of tools education-wise to to manage that to to deal with it and that's kind of how i see the kind of a, a younger generation just jumping right into it i i agree and, and so but it, it the 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 analogy goes further with the nba players being put in the spotlight and everybody knowing their money management uh an issue. i guess yeah yeah as an issue and their their skills and talents in that regard and that's that's what i see maybe seeing it as behind the scenes social media is collecting all our data and our uh i guess money management habits I, I think it's and it's just I, I think it's either screwing it up or getting it better like yeah I, I think it's our generation is going to do some really stupid crap that the next generation is not going to do i mean Obviously, we're in Utah, so it's a little bit different here. But every time I see someone smoking, me and my wife, we're like, like, wait, what? People still do that? <laughs> right. I think that's social media of today. Love that smell. Reminds um, me you know, of vacation. It's interesting. Like, you, you hear about the statistics of you know, preteen and teenage girls and the suicide rates just going up dramatically because of social media. I think that the parents of those teens and preteens are the generation that were just old enough that they didn't experience the brunt of of uh, social media themselves hmm. because we, you know, with social media at the, you know, end of our junior and senior year of high school, right. so we, we were the addicts of social media. We have seen how damaging it is hmm. and going in onto the question of should parents have social media rules? Like, I, I'm grateful at this point that I don't have teenage girls, but... At the same time, like my son's not going to be using a lot of social media. Right, right. I know that's not very libertarian of me. TikTok, of me TikTok scares level. the crap out of me because I feel like we've definitely ha we discussions about the dangers of social media have been had probably for a while now. Right. But I think social the social dilemma obviously, like Highlights. I said, brings it all together and like really kind of. It was fun to talk it. about before it was mainstream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so I, I, and again, this could be the addict in me. I felt like I've been a somewhat conscientious consumer of social media. Mm -hmm. Um, and I lose with TikTok every time. Like I've deleted it and I haven't been using it for very long, but there is no app or thing that has kept me awake at night better than TikTok. <laughs> And I think it might be like the culmination of like the AI because it. honestly, because the interface videos. is just, you see a video and you can just scroll to the next one. Like I don't, with on that one, I don't even follow specific people. Right. But like, it shows me like crazy sports, mm -hmm. like hilarious stuff that makes me laugh. That's just like absurd and funny. Like, yep. it's like, I, I just, I get so lost and I feel like, like I don't have as much control over it as I should. Right. So it's good that I haven't tried it or downloaded it and don't plan to. I think that this is a good segue for, I don't consider it as, uh, inherently toxic. I don't maybe see it as much as like smoking, but I feel like it's a new form of macronutrient in like mm. in humanity today. So a form of digital connection that like you need connection, but like the digital variety may need to be limited like and that it could even be based on like another concept of like there are certain body types and genetic markers that make you predisposed to be more efficient with digesting proteins or fats or whatever so i don't think there's probably like a stat a straight line for everybody that is like the healthy consumption of social media i'm sure there are people who would say zero is healthy um but i think that maybe for each person it, probably needs it to varies. be tuned depending on how efficiently they process social media mm. right. and digital connection. It requires yeah. uh, self-reflection, and I think it it requires a lot of um, self-awareness. Yeah, but yeah. see, that's, that's, what's my, that's the concern about the younger generation. They don't it's have like it. being thrown 
a bunch of money without ever being taught anything yeah. about and, and, money. And that's what I would agree with. The problem is, yes, there's some of us who can be conscientious about our social media use. But like I'm me. just telling, yeah, yeah, like like Zach, what a profound <laughs> example. No, um, three a.m. in the <laughs> yeah, three a.m. on TikTok tonight. Uh, <clears throat> no, but I I just don't see how if I was raised in an environment like right now, I wouldn't I I wouldn't have the tools to be able to handle that kind of power. That social media power. Yeah. And and I can't judge. I cannot judge that generation. <laughs> I, I can't look at them and be like, oh, man, if they would just get off their ding-dang phone. Like, there's no way. Well, I think I as a parent, you're going to have to, though. Like, and I'm not going to have to judge them, and but I'm going to have to set some boundaries. But that's sure. going to be based on your judgment of them. <laughs> like, of your individual kids, which, as a parent, you're probably the most qualified person to do, right? But... What I'm saying is if I have to – I don't even want my kid on social media until, until maybe 18. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. once you're an adult and you have learned how to control your social world, your real social world, you know, then we can start talking about getting onto your electronics so you can say whatever you want. But, yeah. but that's See, my that's concern a- is I, I think that, and again, I could be totally wrong here, but I think that there's an argument to be made that it is now the new real social world, the mix of digital media, digital connection, and real connection. And I've thought about it, and there's an argument for saying, well, shouldn't you be teaching your kid how to wield that power from a younger age so that they're more prepared? Because if be, you go cold turkey... Well, it's, it doesn't have to be a binary all or nothing, right? right it right. can be limited to hey you can use facebook and instagram but you can't use tiktok and whatever other else is out there you can set limits in terms of time i know there's some i've I've seen you know ads for like gab wireless some some wireless phone carrier designed for teenagers i don't even know what that's about but theoretically like could you give your your kids a phone that the the you know facebook shuts down after 15 minutes of use and doesn't allow you to use it for the rest of the day i i mean i think there's lots of ways that you could do it i i I think one of the challenges that we're going to have is even though we want to say you're not going to use social media until you move out of the house until you're 18 Mm -hmm. it it uh my wife is is in young women's and she has uh she's told me that there are some girls in the ward who have a separate cell phone Mm -hmm that their parents don't know about because their parents give social media boundaries, right? Sure. So, um, yeah, it, there's, there's, yeah, it's, it's, I feel like it's, I feel like it's an all or nothing where like all of us parents have to all be saying, Hey, like my child wants to be on social media because uh, little Jimmy Spencer's <laughs> kid, that moron yeah, totally is on his phone on all media. the time. Right. And so I think it's going to have to be kind of a collective like, I, I, and I feel like it's going to happen. See, but here's I don't the know. Deal. I don't know, man. To some I, extent. After we watched that show, after I watched The Social Dilemma with Jill, I turned to her and I said, the world's problems will be solved with parenting. I like, like that a lot. Like I like quality, that a lot. Quality parenting. Boom. Because I feel like, no, like sincerely, there's yeah. no other, like if you get two quality parents who can, because every single kid is totally different. Or one quality parent. Yeah. Well, yes. Or one two quality be, parent. Two is better than one. Two is a really good one, nanny. Any quality parent that can really look at their child and analyze their behaviors and figure them out, it, the rules are going to be different for every single child. Can, so you got you to gotta help Yeah, them. so can we discuss that for a bit? Because that's, that's a huge issue, not just with social, well, social I, media. Maybe, maybe flirt I mean, with that, that, that topic of socioeconomic like parenting. I feel like that's pretty broad. Very but broad. But I think going along with what you said, with what both of you said recently, which was you said something to the tune of like, I don't know if they have the tools. I think that's a fundamental uh, thing to discuss because I think – that and I'm, I think that you probably meant this, and I'm just maybe using different words to say right. the same thing. But I think that essentially, as humans, we do have the tools. And I know that we might be at a disadvantage with this social media technology machine that we've created, but I don't believe that we are completely powerless. So I think that we have the tools, but maybe we don't have like the techniques to wield our present-day evolutionary machinery to mm-hmm. kind of 
approach this issue um, because I think that the ending of the social dilemma, to me, I, I kind of disagree with a lot, actually, which was kind of like we need legislation on this. And I don't want to make this a yeah, political I, thing I, as I, much I, as it's no, about... No, let's make it a political thing. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> I want to talk about that, it in more of like a beliefs about people than a belief about like politics because I know that they're attached, but I think that if we were so powerless, maybe we wouldn't even be talking about this. And I know that it helps that we've had people on the inside say something, right? Can I ask about the tools though? Sure. So in a scenario, let's say I've got a 14 year old boy. Let's, I mean, if, if I want to give him the tools and impose no boundaries of myself, what does that look like? What impose tools? no boundaries of yourself. When yeah, you're if right. I just say, hey, it's up to you what you want to do with social media. I'm not going to. I, I don't think I'd say that. Okay, so that's not the argument. No. So your com <laughs> your comment is, so parents should have an influence and a direction around how their kids use social media. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But he, so he, they use it some of the time. Uh, so they can use it, but what tools do they need to be able to use it effectively? To enforce it, yeah. Right. And there's I think that's a great topic there. for sure. I mean, but for me, it would be at at least like at least a balance around the real face to face like human touch connection piece. You know what I would do? Mm -hmm. I would get a hot tub and be like, "Hey, your phone is disappearing at five o'clock on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Family. Bring as many friends as you want over." Right, right. I, mean, I think Hot there's a lot of different yours. things. But American maybe we, Idol season 42 is still running. You can do a repeat of us. <laughs> 42. You're, um, you're, you're not that like young. That, but I mean, so maybe not like with specific ideas, but maybe what can we, what can we, what would be a tool? And again, we're not experts, folks. Um, but what would be some general guidelines or, or techniques to leverage the innate tools of our young humans? But that's, and that, that could be for us too. That's what I'm saying is I mm. I feel ill-equipped. Well, myself, I feel ill-equipped to be able to manage social media in an effective way. Does that make sense? Okay. So interesting I thing, do. a parallel with with the video as well, because I think. Sorry, man. They talked a lot about how clip it. How what is it that, that. that like social there. media has kind of removed like any natural coping with like boredom so it's like it almost like it, it's like an autoimmune disorder mm -hmm. where it's like you use social media to cope with boredom when maybe those moments of boredom are what help you to cope with the emotional issues that drive you to social media yes. or whatever um so i don't know exactly where it's going with that but i understand that feeling but i mean again why are we not embracing our own humanity like at the beginning i'm feeling exposed watching social the social dilemma and i'm like man if somebody wanted to find out about me and all the things i've done on social media and i keep saying it with like this really negative thing but there's an element to me that is sensitive to that that like all the porn stars that he follows yeah, <laughs> like looking at pornography like they could they could probably know like all the things i've looked at and the creepy thing was how long i've looked at it yeah. think about the fact that you now have like the face cam on your yeah. phone so like not only do they know that somebody's looking at something but they know that they it's know exactly you they know who it is and they know how long and yeah and, and based on how long see that's what i'm why i'm look saying in, the, corners, look in the, the way that social media and the apps work right now i do th i will repeat it i think they're inherently toxic and they're and only they're gonna needs, get worse and they're only gonna get worse unless there are some some types of changes whether made and here's the thing i think that because we're the product everyone's the product right customers always right the flight so as long mm. as people make the changes with their social media okay. use well, let me bring in wait wait, the, uh, the wait calm down libertarian as long as, long as people make the, as long as people make the changes with their social media use that shows these companies that this is not a good business model. That's when those companies can change. I don't know if there's that's necessarily a way. That's like something that, way. that I can but stand I like, for. I feel, like, I feel like we need to do better at at, at learning We're how to manage it and up. showing them that like, I don't know, because the way it functions right now, I do think is inherently toxic. Let it's me creepy. bring up a different dilemma. Okay, and that's that would be the international, like, because okay, we might be conscientious of what's going on in the United States, two states away from Silicon Valley. Uh, but the it's so not a state, social, Jordan. It's not a state. Silicon Valley state. <laughs> um, 
now you lost my train. I thought, man, man. No, I how, think. How does social media play out in different well, countries? Well, so yeah, like places? on an international scale, like say you go to third world countries and they're just getting the internet for the first time and social media and they're starting to get smartphones. They have a bit more of a issue, I think. Here, you're bringing up a fantastic point because this week I got on Facebook in preparation for this, and I the first posts I see, and I'm not going to make any judgment calls or say any names, but there was three different people on my social media posts that posted this thing of big giant skeletons. Did you see this? Big giant skeletons next to excavators, human skeletons, and these were giants. And it proves that back in the book of Genesis, when they talk yeah. about giants, you saw this, right? No, I didn't, I but I've seen, I I've seen, seen the this. thumbnail. Yeah, I've seen I the haven't thumbnail. seen this. So it, it, it shows up on my social media feed posted by people internationally, you know what I mean, that, mm. that, are, that would buy into that. And, you know, immediately my brain, bullcrap. You know, right. so I look it up. Sure enough, this these are photoshopped photos. There, it's not real. You know what I mean? Like, but these people have never not... been exposed to Photoshop, and they're exactly. seeing it for the first time because their government never. I mean, they never had the opportunity, and then all of a sudden, smartphone, Correct. boom, and it's like, so now, dude, their perfect. vision of the world is totally warped and confused, and they are like, they are being fed. Now they've looked at that. They actually clicked on it. Right. They went to the article. And so as long now as now Facebook knows that they went to that article. Next time they get on, as long you know, as that market is big enough, then the the social media companies aren't going to make some major adjustments just based off conscientious people like us. So is it okay what, for Facebook, Instagram, uh, whatever it is, to feed conspiracy theories and lies to people who are vulnerable to those things? Is that okay? Is it okay? Who is so, going to say yes to that? No. So, so here's. So that's my point. Right. It's inherently toxic. So here's it's, that act within and, social media is. And now we toxic. then we could talk let about me, the solution. app itself is doing it. So let me let me let me pose an idea right? or, or a response to that. So the libertarian response to that. For real? I mentioned libertarianism at the beginning of these episodes, and if you've been paying attention, I think he said the libertarian word, or variations of it, at least three different times. Let him speak. He's got that frustrated look. Okay, so the libertarian <laughs> response okay, to libertarian that. and you, Joe Biden. He just Joe Biden. Dude, he went I've, straight Brian, be You're the worst president we've ever had. <laughs> Brian, be careful with this. If you're going to make a statement about libertarianism, I already told you. The yeah, beginning. yeah, yeah. So, so. Um, the is there a libertarian mafia that's going to come after me? <laughs> Maybe just more informed libertarians that might correct okay, you. Okay, whatever. So the the response that I feel like many would have is like, it's up to the market to decide, right? It's up to the market to decide whether, you know, if, if there's too much manipulation, people will figure it out. They won't adopt the platform anymore. Problem solved, right? I think that's a nice idea in theory. But the people who have that mindset have to be okay with a full generation for 10, 15, 20, I mean, we're probably almost 20 years into the social media experiment at this point. We have to be okay for companies to essentially be able to manipulate us until we figure that out. And that's, you know, a 20 year cycle that smoking happened and doctors lied about it and we all smoked and everybody died, right? And now it's social media. And because we believe in free markets, we get manipulated for 20 years, then we figure it out. Uh, I like that idea in theory, like the people will decide, but it takes a lot of education to stay on top of that, and it takes a long time for everybody to figure that out. Yes. And so if we, if we want that to be our model, that's okay, but we have to be willing for short-term damages to happen, right. which is, thousands of but young I, girls committing suicide but i would say this you're, though you're, so you're for teen girl suicide wow so i mean I, zach is evil dude so I, way, I, I'm, I'm not opposed to legislation, which is something that they proposed. I, I Fundamentally, I, I felt that there's not enough credit given to us to, quote unquote, figure things out. But right. I'm not saying that that's the only way. And I think I said that earlier in the episode where I was like, that's a way and I like it. Right. Like I right, said that right, specifically. Right. 
But I'm not unaware of the fact that there is an impact that, that can be good that the government can do. So for those of you who are kind of feeling out of context, I've been dabbling in libertarianism. I'm really enjoying it, learning a lot. I won't even claim to pretend that, that I know how to be a consistent Zach, and sincere Zach, libertarian. Zach, be careful. Be careful what you say here. Okay. So am I, I in like, am I in like an echo chamber where what I did is, is what I'm He's actually talking about, you. trying to qualify my uh, forthcoming statement? And uh, yeah. Hey, well, can, can I interject? We have to be careful with the legislation, though, because of what they were saying. It's like, what, one in six things that we see on social media are like real news? Okay. Primary source, yeah, right? So I, I, I want again. I want the government has influence in any of that. Those lies, then they're like, well, now we can manipulate, especially if it's a partisan election. So again, I, I still, I feel like this is Russia. more. Obviously, there's a connection to legislation that was proposed in the documentary, and of course, we can go there. But again, I still want to make it about like human humanity, like human nature, and just more. I guess practical terms that I feel are appropriate to this discussion of four guys sitting in a garage talking about it, which is you mentioned that you feel like there'd be a lot of education. I agree there would need to be a concerted effort to educate, but I, I think the education around social media itself is not complicated, which is what we've covered and talked about here, that we recognize that there's a problem. There's an issue with the way that social media operates itself. And in the documentary, it talks about how it's almost kind of gotten away from the developers and the programmers themselves where they don't even know how to turn it off. Like, how theatric and, and cinematic is that? It, it could be. I mean, it probably is true. But, again, it's it's not so complicated where, like, our, our techniques to use the tools need to be so nuanced and special as much as it is, like, how are we using our time? Can we look at an objective day and say, like, where do you want to spend it? And... And have an allotment for social media or, or digital connection and engagement. But don't let it take away from rigorous exercise. Don't let it take away from maintaining your lawn. <laughs> you know, Because I've had entire afternoons get taken away from me because I get home from work and I'm tired and I just want to consume. But there, like the grit piece or just the discipline piece is all fundamentally like a big part of a solution there that's not complicated. And that's not something you like necessarily have to go to textbooks for. It's more like, hey, what what are the techniques to leverage your own willpower to do things that intentionally? So far, I, it seems like technology is an excellent resource to do that, which is why I'm very grateful that I was like born in the 80s, don't have kids until I'm 50. I'm <laughs> <laughs> holding the mic a little far. Because by then, at least we'll have some kind of technology that will uh, prevent my teenage sure. girls from screwing everything up. And I'll be dead by then anyway, so it'll be great. Abstinence for the good of humanity. Do, do you you're have welcome. a... Beautiful. Do, do you have a... Teenage well girls. Said, do, you, do you have the ability to edit a bleep in here? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll beep it out. Well, so another level deeper that describes <laughs> why we are more deeply... <laughs> ...than we thought. Wait, what was that again? Uh... Excited! I just love bleep, bleeps. Bleep, I just bleep, love multiple yeah, bleeps. Yeah, in a row. Sorry, bleep. sorry. I'm gonna have to remember sorry. that. That so, whole section. <laughs> so, the, the reason why we are in deep doo doo is that all you watchers out there, I know we're talking about the damages of social media, but please don't stop participating in social media and don't ban your kids from from uh, using social media because about 10, maybe 15% of my retirement fund depends on you continuing to use social media. Yeah, right. So I hate it, but I feel like it's my responsibility to prop up my own retirement fund with the technology companies that have held us captive. <laughs> so that is why we are so Because <laughs> you own Google? Hey, hey, you Jordan, own Google, Jordan? Facebook? Please bleep out every single one of us. <laughs> I'm going to tag your mother and not bleep them. Oh Hi, Mom. <laughs> Sorry. I. All your other children have said that word many more times than me. So, <laughs> who is this, Mike? Um, so, I don't, I don't know. I, I, feel like, I feel like there needs to be more responsibility taken by social media platforms. It, like, if I'm bringing this back to what they're presenting to people or users of social media. I think it's irresponsible to not screen information that is um, either propaganda or 
like socially irresponsible information. <laughs> and, and like in my opinion, because I, I think uh, a person who is vulnerable to that kind of information can buy into ideas and thoughts that don't uh, paint an accurate perception of good principles. Great segue, because I was wanting to talk about this too, and it'll be a challenge to talk about it. But there was a discussion in the in the documentary that talked about the inability of AI to like discern and sift through information to say like what is true, mm-hmm. which again another existential topic that we can dive into. But that's really interesting to me because I had a couple thoughts that I don't know how they'll be received, but they use the flat earthers as an example. Mm-hmm. Very valid movement, by the way. So it's pretty compelling stuff. So this is interesting. This is interesting I to agree. me. So I so mean, why round earthers got to uh, you? Let Brian. me just use an example. They got Kyrie Irving. Spencer. Yes. Why do you why do you believe that it is true that the Earth is round? Why do I believe it? Mm-hmm. Uh, besides uh, pictures and pictures, okay. Most scientific. Most evidence. scientists. And everything in the sky is round? <laughs> everything in the sky is round? What do you mean everything's in the sky is round? The moon, moon. the sun, the stars, okay. it's, all, it's all round. Okay. Are you, is, it a, is it a sphere or is it round? Well, we see a circle, which is two dimensions. So We know there is more than two dimensions. What is a three-dimensional object? That looks like what does a circle become in three dimensions? That, that's can I, fine. Can that's I say fine. This? That's fine. Let me say this: If you um, leave San Francisco, you can fly to Japan in either five hours, or you can fly to Japan in two days. <laughs> I have I've thought that <laughs> so same exact thing. Saying? How do I'm they like, not see that? I'm like, so either the um, airlines are all in on it. All these pilots, they just fly in circles until they finally but arrive is, in Japan. Like, come on. But this is my point. Do you know that the Earth is round? Okay, let's not even go into this. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm only going to dabble in it because I am going Everyone somewhere else with it. Everyone acts on faith all the time. I'm, I'm only, I'm going somewhere. I okay. know this. Here, here's what I would say. I would say that I know the Earth is round. I and feel like I know the Earth. I don't well, even the know that I'm sitting here it's right round now. Too. It's just a plate. Yeah. Do you know it's spherical? Ooh, do you know you it's don't. see? Nah. <laughs> I don't know. But what do you again for I, every, I, I everything that you want to say to be conclusive, really from your own like tangible evidence, right? Like we don't have it. Why is it important that we have to say we know? Why can't we just say it's you know based on everything I've seen? I think it's a very high probability that yeah, yeah, yeah. great, yeah, yeah, great. So again, I, I don't want to. That's a whole other topic can that you, we can get into. But. Can you tell me I'm right a couple more times before you continue on with? This I I please? agree. I like the the level of saying like He's it's right. a high probability. He that did it. All right, go. What? Um, it is so hard to know what is true, and and I'm using this more in the in the context of social media because, um. We talk about these like third world countries and we're like, what are they like? I feel so bad. Like they're so vulnerable. Like, how do you know that we're not just as vulnerable? I'm not saying I'm not saying uh, that just third world countries are vulnerable. We all are just as vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Well, but that, 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 that is my exact point. We are just as vulnerable for different things, right? Yes. At certain levels of education. You're no. We are no longer vulnerable to have the desire to smoke because we have the level of education and the experience in our community mm-hmm. that say that that's a bad idea, right. right? People in third world countries are just one step further back. But I would say, do you know smoking's bad for you? <laughs> Literally, I was like, there, if somebody See, wanted to put their head to it, they could probably come up with some conspiracy theory definitely that could. debunks that smoking is bad for you. And they could say it in a way that would be challenging to, to completely dismiss. Um, so you're saying even like all of that information should be available, even if all like most science proves smoking's bad. Most science proves that the earth is a sphere, right? But you're saying that there should be the availability of information pushed out to millions of people saying, actually, no, it's flat. I think, I think should no, be smoking is okay. Yeah. I think that should be is not exactly the right ought to be. Yeah, yeah, because I don't think it should be that way, 
But frankly, with this and many other things to life, like we way. can't control that. Like that, like that's what's there. It's 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 like saying like I don't want my kid to get infected, so he'll stay inside. Right. Like there's only so again with within reason, which I know is still a hard kind of space to figure out for a lot of us when we talk about different things. But mis disinformation, misinformation is is very much a part of human life and it's been that way for as long as information has existed. It's kind of like this proportionate reality that before social media, we didn't have a lot of the great things that it gives us, but with all the great things came equally awful things. And that is just us moving on through this human experience. And, and I don't think there's anything we can do about that. So it's not about stopping everything but again, focusing, like you said, like in the family unit, mm -hmm. like can you or your your tribe? But I think it'll community? be important. It'll be important to teach the next generation. There is information being spread on social media that polarizes people mm -hmm. and it'll give them yeah, different, I I different extreme ideas, neither which are true. The truth is boring. Right. Like like it usually lands somewhere in the middle. So if we can teach that principle to the next generation, we're far better equipped as social media users of the future yeah. to be able to say, oh, I don't need to trust yeah. everything that comes up on my social media feed. I can immediately look at it and ask a question yeah. rather than look at it yep. and say, wow. What do you, what do you I, think, I think that's the thing is. is the critical thinking muscle because they talk specifically yeah. about how like some part of humanity is atrophied because of social media. Yeah. I think that's kind of the muscle. That's like the education piece because maybe they don't know calculus one or two. Maybe they don't have a broad historical reference in their head from public education. Maybe they don't know the difference between an adverb and, a, and an adjective. Maybe we don't know math. Maybe we don't know scientific studies. But if you do know critical thinking, then, then maybe that can allow you to at whatever information you can consume, do it with some sort of filter. This makes me curious as to the future of how we discover truth and, and critical thinking, et cetera, because I don't, like we're already seeing it right now that so many people are like, well, I heard on a podcast that the podcast heard from another podcast that Trump said this. So I, I think and you're just like, well, unless it's a primary source, there's no, but, but nobody's, being taught that critical thinking piece of absorbing the primary source, getting a feel for it yourself, and concluding something true, which you could say sure. is the scientific method or critical thinking. But I don't – like we're already just so far gone as to what truth is and what is false. And it, Yeah, so I, I think you bring up a good point, Zach. A lot of times when we have these discussions – when we talk about what should happen, we're really talking about if we lived in an ideal world. Yeah. And if, you know, we could just get the government to do what we want, right? That's never going to happen, right? But in the real world that we actually live in, what can we do? And I think going back to kind of what you guys are both saying is it is very difficult for us to teach our kids and you know, teach our kids what is right or wrong or true or not true. But we can teach them how to successfully vet whether information yes. is coming from a valid yes. source. Like, uh, like that hits the nail on the head. And, and no, garbage. I, and I no, but I also, and no, when to like take calculated four risks. four people that I know now any that are even kind. thinking about that. I want to get back to what anyway, you're saying. Sorry. I want to get back to that, that question, but I'm going to read the quote from near the end of, of the show, the documentary. I'm going to stand for said, this quote. It says, uh, critics are, are, did you put your hand on your heart? Like, it's a good quote. <laughs> <laughs> My butt's just hurting. <clears throat> critics are the true optimists because they believe things could be better. And basically what I got from that quote was um, oftentimes critics – or people who are constantly asking questions about the way things are or the things that we believe are true are seen as these pessimistic, constantly questioning, obnoxious people. And in the reality it is, I really honestly think, like I said earlier, when you're scrolling through your Facebook feed or your Instagram feed or Reddit or whatever it is, if a post comes across, the first thing that shouldn't 
we shouldn't just consume it. The first thing we should do is ask a question and be critical of the information that comes across. And mm. just like Brian hit, hit it on the head is we can't teach our kids everything that's true or not true. It's impossible. But we can teach them how to be critical about information and how to ask questions about information and how to, you know, how to absorb information that is more true. And how to be willing to change their mind. To change your mind. Yeah. And how to be willing to make up your mind. It's over. No, because no, I think this is this is important. This is important because you talked about the need to have critical thinking to avoid living in like a like a a failing reality because it's like in an ideal world we could get people to do and think the way we want them to do and think whatever so yes critical thinking is there for you to be able to explore other ideas but as we've said there comes a certain point in life where you critical thinking will not get you all the answers right away so you will need to decide to take the, the calculated risk of and I don't want to make this sound just religious, but like believing something, believing in something, and living your life on that belief. Calm down, Joseph Smith. <laughs> so, geez, that's such a good comment. Why is that so funny? <laughs> that hit me. That struck me in the funny bone. Dude, Zach, no, I, really? I pick on you a lot. I, I, I agree. I don't, that's, that's fine. I agree with what you just said. There's the parable of, I just heard it this week, oddly enough, the parable of the uh, donkey that basically was trapped between two bales of hay and was looking that way and was like that hay looks good but also that hay looks good and he just stayed there until he starved you know what i mean like couldn't make a choice as to which hay bale he was going to go eat from and instead just died in the middle obviously an extreme example but i think the point being at some point when you're making you know what i mean you, you gotta be hot or cold of information you've gotta you've gotta choose you gotta choose Yes. Yes. Yeah, big summer block. Yeah.